Hello and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters, a podcast discussing everything Star Wars 5e. My name is Todd, I've got Tegan here, and we're looking forward to jumping into hyperspace with you. Let's go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeon Jedi Masters Podcast, Season 4, Episode Number 11. Tegan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. We got the warm weather in Michigan. Get my own little taste of Tatooine, uh, so I'm happy. Absolutely. It is a hot one here. Hope that wherever you all are listening to this, you're comfortable uh, and enjoying uh, some Star Wars content in one way or the other. Uh, today, we are going to be doing another on-the-spot one-shots, and uh, it will be centered a little bit around our desert hex crawl that we're doing for this quarter. So we'll dive into that here in a little bit. Look forward to that. Uh, just a little bit on the front end, of course, check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for access to all of our content, including this podcast, uh, Twitter and Instagram for a few little content freebies and content updates. YouTube for VODs of actual plays and some tutorial videos, things of that nature. Uh, Twitch for live plays. Uh, we don't have anything going on, though. Uh, Tegan just wrapped up Invasion. Anything you want to talk about with that? And then maybe a quick tease to what's to come? Oh, definitely. As we uh, wrapped up Invasion uh, last week, uh, definitely amazing. We got the, the whole crew back together. Uh, they got to uh, kind of uh, stop the Yuzon Vong press on an unnamed planet uh, and definitely had a fun ending with it. Uh, the nice thing, though, is that's uh, while we ended Invasion. That is not the uh, the end of the story. Uh, there's going to be a campaign, too, uh, called Occupation, uh, which is going to start back up in July. So keep an eye out for that. We're, I'm taking a little bit of a break uh, to breathe uh, especially since we've been doing the weekly sessions the last two months. So uh, we're taking June off to, to think of some new ideas. And, uh, but I'm looking forward to this one. It's going to have a real Mass Effect 3 type vibe. There's going to be a lot of uh, some new mechanics I'm introducing too for like the strategy and how to bring in the different factions, uh, which I may share here too if I think it's worth it or anybody else can use them for other things too. So Stay tuned, but yeah, next month, I think we'll probably have some streams, but uh, nothing major going on at TNJ Gaming for the, the Twitch channel. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, we've talked about uh, on our schedule for the podcast a future episode soon, uh, talking about some of those kind of like custom mechanics and things in games. So yeah, maybe we'll get into some of that stuff specifically. Very cool. Yeah, if you haven't, uh, go check out Invasion. Uh, most of those VODs should be on the uh, YouTube page. Are they on your page or VGMs? So they're on DJM. So uh, right now, uh, by the time this airs, we should have the, the finale up there too. All right. So you can go and binge the whole series if you haven't seen it and catch up. Uh, and let us know if you're streaming a game as well. And uh, we can point to those. Uh, and then additionally, our last piece of content uh, is our Patreon. That is the best way to help support the content that we do create and you get a little bit back with some content we put together uh, such as this one shot today we have a few new members robert at tier one and then ethan and chris at tier two thank you very much uh, to you three and of course all of our existing subscribers uh, appreciate it very much also out today uh, for tier two members tier three got it early preview last week, uh, is our community-inspired adventure. So we had, uh, took some ideas from the community and put together a module, once again, set in that desert world that we're doing for this quarter, uh, Temple in the Sands. Tegan, tell us about what they can expect with that adventure. 
Definitely. So this is kind of a mix of three ideas that came in. Um, and with the Temple in the Sands, it's basically uh, on the desert planet that's all set on. Uh, a group of Jawa scavengers have uncovered a Rakadan temple uh, that have been buried in the sands for millennia. Uh, and it's come back online. It's kicking off power. Uh, and Bold of the Hunt is hiring a team of adventurers to go and collect uh, the relic within. Uh, and basically, adventurers will have a chance to kind of brave their way through Tatooine. We've got some fun random encounters and trying to survive the desert heat. Uh, and then eventually they'll have a choice to make if they want the crazy payday the HUD is offering or uh, if they want to do something different with the Rakadan tech. So a kind of a fun one, some cool combats, uh, some fun uh, rolling mechanics, uh, just kind of a, a good way to get your desert on and always like when you can bring the Rakadan in too. So uh, it should be a fun one for the crew. Absolutely. Yes. So if you haven't yet, uh, Patreon members tier two and three, check that out on our Patreon. You can access that now. Uh, and then keep an eye out for, uh, you know, upcoming new content as we do each month. I do believe that's everything on the front end. So let's dive into a one shot here. So uh, as we've done with this before, uh, Tegan and I have not discussed uh, what we're going to do here uh, other than, you know, kind of picking some of the ideas, uh, but we haven't really flush any of that out. So um, some of the best ideas, again, we're talking desert world. So, you know, a Jawa chase, uh, maybe have like a sand pit um, obstacle or situation that we have to deal with. So what that is, uh, you know, we just mentioned in our community adventure that we're dealing with Jawas. So I was thinking we'll switch that up, uh, you know, take an idea and, and mold that, morph it. So uh, Tegan, I was thinking maybe uh, some kind of a sand creature, you know, let's get away from humanoid or sentient type, you know, but maybe a sand creature, anything that you can think of off the top of your head that would fit well for the world? Definitely. So for desert planet, uh, especially kind of the Tatooine being the big one, uh, something that people would chase, you could probably do like a young or adolescent crate dragon, uh, try to hunt it down and get the pearl in the stomach. I think that would be good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's do a very young, I think. I like that. What about I always love the uh, the sand panthers, the Corellian sand panthers. I don't know if they kind of get around to the desert worlds as well. I'm trying to think of any other something to lead uh, to the crate dragon, you know. And and we'll uh, you know chop this up here in the uh, podcast, so you're not listening to our research. But we're going to go to the Wikipedia and check that out. That's a great resource to do so. What was the one you said? Uh, Eopies. Um, they're like the um, animal horse thing he was riding with the weird nose. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I like an idea of that crate dragon being towards the end. So I'm, I'm, what I'm envisioning here is maybe connecting with a farmer or something. Uh, and they have like a herd of Eopi, uh, these quadruped animals uh, used for, you know, like mounts, uh, things like that. Uh, we saw them in, uh, was it in the Obi-Wan tr- series? I think is where it was. In the- yeah. Obi-Wan Disney Plus series there. Um, so yeah, so let's do uh, like kind of our initial plot maybe is running into a farmer that has some of his Eopi herd lost in the desert. And, you know, the, the farmer has contacted the party to help out and try and recover them. Definitely. We could even say uh, uh, the young Craig dragon kind of broke into the pen and scattered them. Uh, those hunting for food. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. And I think... Um, not knowing that it's the dragon, uh, maybe give some signs there that it could be a little bit of an investigative thing. Like, obviously, some big uh, predator has come in here and, and broken into the pen, maybe pulled 
uh, and actually taken some of the EOP, but it also has caused them to uh, break free. So recover the EOP that are missing and also maybe figure out and dispatch of what is causing this. I think that's a great way to get things started. We talked in our last one about how we bring the party together. You know, this one definitely could run it as a one shot. Maybe this one's a little bit more of like you drop in into an established campaign, a little plot hook as opposed to a standalone one shot, but always still could work. We talked about the idea came with like a chase and I, you know, I think there's different ways to do chases. I think we'll, you know, maybe offer some ideas that we've come across or, you know, but also leave it open for the GM to, if they have their own ways. I think, does the GM, the 5e GM's guide have chase rules? It does. So it's got some pretty good chase rules on that side. Uh, if you want to bust them out uh, with kind of rules and how far people can run and um, it's based off your constitution modifier and uh, cool ways to be able to pretty easily bring that in too. There's another set that I've used that I found out there um, that utilize uh, strength and dexterity. And then I think the adjoining athletics and acrobatics, if you want. I know it worked really well in like a city urban setting when you'd have obstacles and things like that. There might be a way that you could adapt it though to the sands. And that I thought, uh, you know, it gives variation to what the players can utilize. Some of them are better in other areas. Uh, what I liked is I would uh, sometimes would have them roll or beginning of each round roll like a basically a coin flip, heads or tails. And it determines what kind of obstacle is before you. Either it's just a straight sprint. Uh, so I would lean more towards like a strength based or there's obstacles you have to get through. And then that's a dexterity based. And so it just varies how the chase is and, and goes along. So definitely lots of ways to do chases there. One of my favorites I'd recommend outside of the DMG, uh, check out Pathfinder's 2E's um, Game Master Guide to GMG. Uh, they've got a really cool chase section. You don't need you won't use the math from it. Uh, but what I really like about it is it gives you different obstacles and skills. And the skills are a little different between the two systems, but you can easily tweak them to fit. Uh, but like for a cityscape, it gives you like uh, different like crowds or things like that that you can use as obstacles, uh, as well as for wilderness and deserts and all of those environments, too, uh, that you can just kind of kick in and play with uh, and just tweak the numbers uh, to use them for 5e. Uh, and nice thing, too, is you don't need to have own the book for this one. Since Pathfinder rules are free, you can just Google uh, Pathfinder 2E chase rules, and it should be right up there for you. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, definitely thing to look into. Uh, you said map, um, but it's not. you definitely don't need grid-based for that, right? Like, you just kind of theater of mine it? Oh, yeah, completely theater of mine. You don't need a map for it at all. It basically depends what type of locale you're in, I should say, or environment, I should say. So yeah. it gives you city, deserts. There's a couple other ones on there, too, that I'm blanking on now. It's almost uh, probably a little more like skill challenge. Like as you su succeed, Definitely. you advance. Yeah. Yeah. And you get like certain points for how well you succeed too. It's kind of similar to a skill challenge, but a little different than how the obstacles are presented. All right. So yeah, a farmer has hired you and uh, you need to recover these EOP. There's a little bit of an investigative challenge here that you throw in uh, to uh, tracking survival. Uh, so definitely can bring in those skills uh, to find where they are. Should be able to you know, track in the desert sands, uh, some footprints and things. Uh, and then once you find them, they're maybe scared or whatever, and they're going to continue to flee. So that's where we bring this chase and have a little scene to have the chase of, of going after them. And hopefully you are able to get after them uh, and do so. And it can either go, you know, one of two ways. You could have it where you successfully capture them and you're able to kind of bring them in and take them back to the farmer, or maybe on the side where you don't successfully don't succeed in the chase, it runs into 
you know, another uh, situation. And one thing you can do with the desert, we did a little bit of this with the temple in the sands. You can throw them in if they fail, or even if you want to have an extra environmental hazard while they're looking for it, throw in like a little sandstorm that they've got to navigate through. And uh, with the desert heat and sand, uh, you can have them make some checks to see if they can first go the right way, uh, how well they're doing on water after like uh, getting some levels of exhaustion, different things like that to kind of up the tension. Yes, love that. Environmental stuff is something like I don't utilize as much as I wish I did, uh, but very impactful, I think, to to the campaign, to the situations there. All right. Uh, so, Tegan, let's say we've we've located the EOP here. Um, let's kind of, I guess we'll say that like we've located them and recovered them, uh, moved to this section of the one shot. Uh, and I think move into, all right, figure out what caused this situation um, and, and whatnot there. So uh, another investigation challenge, you think? Uh, definitely. And I'd even say uh, I would have them recover all the, like uh, recover all but two maybe uh, and find uh, kind of the investigations to find where those last two are and maybe have it lead to uh, a cavern or cave where the, the great dragon got the last two hold up. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good way to really purposely uh, give them something else to go after uh, as opposed to just, well, we found all your missing cattle. We're out of here, but there's still, you know, a further situation. Uh, we mentioned the sand pit uh, as a little bit of an environmental kind of trap or challenge. I thought I had put some mechanics or something for that on Instagram a while ago. I'll have to look that up. And if so, maybe include that. But anything you've used or any thoughts on that, Tegan, on on how to kind of recreate this? Is this going to be uh, they sink through and they get to this cave situation? Or is it more of just a trap that they have to deal with? And if we wanted to throw that sand pit before they find the rest of the EOP, we could say that there's one EOP kind of caught in the center and they've got to do a skill adventure to be able to uh, get them out without succumbing to the pit themselves. And then just make sure you describe it that he's far enough away that they can't just force grab him and they've got to do something clever uh, to be able to get him out. Yeah. So just another little situation and encounter along the way that they have to go through. Maybe... Uh, once they find this EOP, you know, there's a clue on, the, you know, maybe it's injured, you know, there's some heavy teeth marks or claw marks you could, you could throw on the creature creature it will survive, but it still gives you a aspect to kind of lead further into this investigation. Yeah. Especially with a crate dragon, you can throw in some, uh, what's about the teeth markets, some venom, uh, or like toxin pieces, uh, cause especially give somebody some nature rolls to see if they may be able to put it together. Uh, especially like being injured too, because uh, medicine's one of those skills that sometimes doesn't always get used and gives somebody a chance to play veterinarian for it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely seen a lot of lack of use of that. So that's good if there's opportunities there, definitely. If it's a young dragon, maybe some teeth are still coming in. So maybe one of the teeth mm -hmm. is lodged in as well. So yeah, lots of opportunities there. All right. What other ways are we going to point them to, to the location of this dragon? You know, I think by this point, uh, they should probably have a good idea that of what they're after. Likely it's a dragon that we need to uh, hunt out, but what would be the next thing to point them in the direction of where this thing's at? Uh, definitely get them a couple different checks depending on which way they're looking for it. Like um, you can do perception to see if they notice tracks, uh, survival. I think your survival is usually the track one, but survival, the crate dragon in the area. Um, I would just have them notice that even for a desert, there's nothing like, there's not much life around because everybody's given the crate dragon its birth. Uh, so kind of just having them see that it's just really, it's it's eerily quiet or eerily devoid of natural life. Yeah, maybe a little uh, small kind of 
cavern opening that just seems out of place as well. Uh, things like that. So, okay. So a uh, little somewhat of a skill challenge, you know, investigation mostly to locate the dragon. And then once we do, um, I think, uh, do we want to go into a cavern for this uh, encounter? Kind of give maybe a little bit of an enclosed situation for that so that's not wide open? Yeah, I'd have him probably go into the cavern. And one thing you could do to add a little bit of tension to it too uh, is have like a, either from the tracks they found or whatever they found that's clued them into the location, uh, let them know that it is a younger crate dragon. Uh, but there could be a bigger one in the area. So they've kind of got to go in quick and probably a little quieter than usual just to make sure they don't attract uh, the big fish there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, you know, you find the baby, but mama is probably around somewhere. So, yeah, you have to be careful. Uh, and then I think with that, you know, once we find them in the cavern, it probably is just about, you know, what do they want to do? Are they here to dispatch it, go after that, um, you know, pearl. I think the pearl is maybe something that earlier on, once they realize it's a dragon, maybe you throw some knowledge checks that they know that there's the um, possibility of the pearl and the potential value there. So whether they want to go after that or if they're just going to um, try and deal with this. Something else too, you know, touch on a little bit of kind of the humanity side of things. And if they don't want to just go and take out a dragon, why is the dragon going after these Eopi? Think about that angle. Uh, you know, probably food. Is its a wild source of food restricted for some reason? You know, so that's another angle you could pull off and, and present. And maybe, you know, something happened. Maybe there's a, a, a corporation that came in and, and, you know, wiped out an area of its uh, main source of prey. You know, then you can deal with that. So think about those other angles if you want to introduce that. If if your players aren't necessarily wanting to run in there and just basically, you know, kill this baby dragon. For sure. And if you ever need a corporation to blame in Star Wars, blame Zerka. Uh, they're always my favorite bad guy for corporate greed. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think we've already included them a little bit in uh, this desert world. So, you know, lots of things that have already connected here, definitely. So, uh, but let's take a look and say that, you know, maybe the dragon lashes out in defense or you know goes after the party and we are going to go into a fight i think generally we create these one shots around that uh level five uh area here so uh any thoughts and, and this is a one enemy versus the party here so again we're going to be looking at probably maybe some legendary action types things um I don't know if layer actions could potentially come into play here. Uh, what would your initial thoughts be there on how you put that encounter together? Definitely. And this one's kind of cheating because I did make a crate dragon that's level five appropriate for our uh, hat or the desert worldscape. So the, I think I called it the vicious crate dragon. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much what I would use there. I gave it legendary actions. I gave it um Action-oriented action, so everything uh, net, net twenty, you could do something. Uh, it's a pretty tough for pretty tough fight for a group of level fives, depending on how many they've got with them. Uh, so they can even use some strategy setting up before getting into the the cave as well. But yeah, you definitely with if it's gonna be one thing against the party, especially Star Wars five, we can get some crazy damage numbers by level five six. Uh, you want to give it a ton of different things it can do, uh, just so it's gonna balance that action economy out. Uh, with that one, we initially gave it three legendary actions, but if it's going to be that one and you think your party is pretty tough, uh, you could give it one legendary action per each player, too. Uh, so it kind of, or minus one. So it goes, it would have, with the regular actions, it would have one per each player. Uh, so just it kind of has enough to be able to keep up and damage, move, and do all the things to keep it dynamic. 
Yeah, absolutely. And generally, um, with the legendary actions, uh, they're not necessarily all attacks, right? I think you kind of spread them out with like, one of them is a movement. Um, and then, you know, the other ones, uh, could be other things, right? You don't necessarily want to have your legendary actions all be offensive stuff. If you want to have move in there, because uh, your party, especially with range and Star Wars 5e, you want to make sure they can get around and they don't get caught anywhere. Uh, and it kind of depends. So uh, with the game masters, you kind of have the discretion with this, because the way CR is calculated, it does calculate if they use their legendary action each time to attack. So if you do too okay. much other stuff, it does lower the threat for it. But it's kind of, my, I use mine for my kind of my balance sheet for there. So if the party is doing super well, if it doesn't need to position itself, I'll just have it go ham and attack. But if they're getting kind of beat down, not through poor strategy, but through poor dice rolls, sometimes I will have it do other th things it can do. Uh, if you use the Vicious Crate Dragon block, I'm 90% sure I gave its legendary action ability to tunnel as well. Uh, so you can have it tunnel down to the sands, hide out for a bit, and pop back up. I think I gave it pretty good stealth, too. Uh, so got some fun things you can do with that. I, tunnel tunnel creatures are fantastic. I've used a few different times some worms and other things. And I love just being able to like go under and then you move somewhere on the map randomly, pop up and and go. That's super fun. Absolutely. All right. So then we'll have that encounter and say that, you know, that's the situation that happens. And then they go and um, attempt to harvest the uh, pearl. I've seen, I'm trying to think, I don't know if it was in one of the older systems, Star Wars systems or where I saw this from, but, you know, harvesting the pearl is not a sure bet. Have you ever uh, dealt with this? And if so, how? Chad, no, I never have. Uh, because you're right, harvesting the pearl is not a sure bet. It's actually kind of dangerous because like their stomachs, um, the reason they make pearls is like the mixture of like acid and venom breaks down their food and it makes it into like this pearly substance once it's done. Uh, so it's one of those ones that you're going to be going through acid, toxins and all that and uh, you have definitely a few, a few little skill challenges at the end to see if they can do so without either breaking or damaging the pearl or hurting themselves with uh, all the crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't remember and I used it in, uh, I think it was in Tempest Feud. Uh, so I'll have to go back and look at that and see where that came from. And maybe we'll throw that into the uh, module here when we put this together. So, yeah, and potentially have that and then do what they wish with that. There's lots of options. Um, you know, I think they've been used as uh, lightsaber uh, crystals uh, for that. Or obviously there's just the aspect of their worth on their own. So maybe it's a payday things like that. And of course, hopefully at the end of it, uh, you know, the farmer uh, rewards the players as well for the good deed. And then that, you know, potentially spawns uh, some other options, other employment, other things like that. So uh, anything else, Tegan, you can think of pretty solid one shot, in my opinion, that, uh, you know, kind of front to end on you know, something you could just throw in. Definitely. The only thing I'd add to be want to have a make the fight a little extra challenging on that side uh, with the two EOP that are still there. Uh, you could kind of give the players, uh, say the farmers can give a specific bonus if he gets all of his EOP back. So they've got to protect the EOP while this fight is going on. And with the crate dragon's breath and attacks, uh, I could definitely lend it to get the EOP in the crosshair. So they've got to be a little strategic with that. I love that. Yeah. Having those little extra objectives, um, you know, it's not all just take out this dragon you have to protect uh these other creatures in this case the eop that is a fantastic thing to do because it really changes up the strategy of what the players are going to do um it generally our powers always friendly fire not friendly fire i forget how that works 
So I'm always friendly fire. So that's why you're gonna, when you have explosion, you're either gonna get your players gonna care for, or they're gonna get their friends. Yeah, sure. I know. I, I think some allow you to choose the targets. That's oh, what I'm some, thinking. Oh, some of. do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, another thing to fact, as I was saying, you know, it kind of changes your strategy. You can't just lob a, a grenade or something because maybe those EOP are in the way. So definitely, little things like that are great additions to just expand the the encounter and and the thinking and and the approach to it by the players for sure. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Um, as I said, you know, I think this is a, a pretty solid situation that uh, you could drop in uh, there. You could easily, you know, kind of change some of the elements here and put it in a different landscape, different world. Doesn't have to be desert. Uh, just kind of changing what some of these um, creatures are. Of course, like the ending with the dragon and the pearl. You know, you'd ha really have to change that. Or maybe it's a swamp world and they're going after some kind of avian creature with a uh, coveted egg. Uh, or otherwise, you know, lots of different things you could do uh, to change that. But again, you know, those bare bones are there on uh, what the situation is. So uh, as we did last time, we will put this together in a write-up and offer it out to the community on our Patreon. Uh, that will be free access to everyone. So uh, you don't need to be a Patreon member to access this. It will be up there to grab and, uh, you know, try out at your table. So if you do, let us know how it goes and any tweaks you may have made for that. So... Fantastic. Uh, yeah, Tegan, any final thoughts on the one-shot? Oh, nothing major, but yeah, if you do get a chance to run this one or the one we did earlier, let us know. So, uh, come to Discord and tell us how the adventure went for you and your crew. Absolutely. And again, I'll add, I think I said this last time too, get with another GM and do this. It's such a fun exercise, uh, bounce ideas off each other and, and kind of you know, form something together. Um, it, it, it's just a lot of fun. I think it's, it's a good exercise too. If, you know, maybe you're a little newer of a, a GM, you know, it just kind of helps you maybe learn from your uh, companion in that process and just, uh, you know, exercise that there. So absolutely. All right. Well, that is everything for today's episode. Uh, we hope that was enjoyable to listen through our process. And again, keep an eye out for that one shot. Uh, looking ahead to next episode in the middle of the month here, we are going to have uh, our friend Erin from Adventure Slaying Games to talk a little bit about uh, her game that she's putting together and more specifically representation in your campaign, how we can bring uh, in you know different people, different identities and, and all that stuff and, and do so, uh, especially in Star Wars. I mean, that's already you know big to represent different uh, species and creatures and things like that. So looking forward to that conversation there. Otherwise, uh, catch up on uh, Invasion VODs if you need to. We'll see you on the next one. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.